We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state. Hello there. I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, and today we're celebrating 25 years of the Lone Star Land Steward Award Program. I'm really thrilled to introduce our guests today. They are Carter Smith, Texas Parks and Wildlife Department Executive Director, Justin Dreibelbiss, TPWD Program Director with the Private Lands and Public Hunting Program, Joseph Fitzsimmons, who's a South Texas landowner, the former Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission Chair, and a prior Lone Star Land Steward Award winner, and finally, my friend Andy Sansom, founder of the Meadows Center for Water and the Environment and the former TPWD Executive Director. We really have an all-star lineup today, guys, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. Uh, let's start with the basics. And Justin, I'm gonna start with you and let's just start, just describe what the Lone Star Land Stewards Program is. Yeah, thanks, Lydia. Uh, so Lone Star Land Steward Awards is a Texas Parks and Wildlife Department program. Um, that's our landowner recognition program. Uh, we, we recognize the best of the best in Texas private land stewardship every year in an effort to pat those landowners on the back that are doing the right thing on their land and positively affecting our, our state um, and people far outside their fence lines. And then we also... Um, really make a, a real effort to capture those stories, those land stewardship stories, ranching heritage stories, so that we can share it with the public in hopes that we can inspire those people to subscribe to the same land ethic and um, really see the value in that private land stewardship. And, and hopefully those that own land uh, make some of the same decisions on their property. So it's a, uh, it's a program that's been going on for 25 years. Um, it, the program has changed somewhat over the last 25 years, but one thing that, that that is exactly the same as the mission. And I'm, I'm really excited to be on here with these guys that, that started the program and uh, you know, hear their perspectives on it. Awesome. Well, a, a few of us on this call have been involved in the program since the beginning. And as I prep for this conversation, I talked with quite a few folks, including uh, David Langford. Just last night, I talked to him, the former head of the Texas Wildlife Association and Linda, Linda Campbell, who was a uh, the longtime private lands and public hunting program director who retired a few years ago. And the program really does have an interesting history. Um, and Andy, I, I'm gonna start with you to talk about that history. Of course, you had a huge hand in creating the program when you were executive director. And can you give us a little perspective on, on its genesis? Well, back in the nineties, uh, we had a long history of working with private landowners, particularly for wildlife biologists and game wardens. But at the same time, there was a period in which uh, largely because of the um, some mistakes public relations wise that the US Fish and Wildlife Service had made with respect to endangered species on private properties in Texas. At the same time, there, there grew a, 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 a mistrust of government uh, among private landowners we understood that the future of our wildlife was on private land in Texas, and we needed to be intentional about cultivating our relationship with private landowners and recognizing those who were doing the right thing on their lands, which thankfully most of them have been throughout the 20th century. If you look at the biological records of Texas prior to 1900, it was in far worse condition than it was at the end of the 20th century. 
at that time, uh, we had the third woman who had ever served on the Parks and Wildlife Commission, who was Mickey Burleson. Mickey had created a program when she was chair of the Nature Conservancy called the Texas Land Steward Society, which was the first program that I'm aware of that actually recognized private landowners for good stewardship. And so we modeled Lone Star Land Stewards under Mickey's guidance after that program and began two other initiatives. One was to create an advisory committee of private landowners to help us um, through that uh, initiative and then to begin to really aggressively enter into private uh, partnership agreements with private landowners, which now totals millions of acres across the state. So of course, um, as I recall, it was chairman, well now chairman emeritus, uh, Lee Bass, who, who established the Private Lands Advisory Board. Andy, is that right? Was it yes. Chairman Bass? Yeah. And I know that lot, I mean, lots of folks served on that board, including David Bamberger, who I believe was the first chairman, but Joseph, you also served as chairman of the Private Lands Advisory Board and was involved at, you know, from the very beginning. You know, what is your recollection about the discussion on, on that board um, that kind of helped, helped promote and, 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 and get this program started? Well, thank you, Lydia, for the opportunity to, to be here. And, and thank you to the Parks and Wildlife Foundation for all they do to, to support the mission of Parks and Wildlife. I, uh, I've got some personal experience with that, and I'll tell you, um, we're all very grateful for what the foundation does. Um, well, Andy described it well. We uh, were at a time when I don't believe the, the, the landowning community um, was really feeling involved uh, as they should in conservation. Uh, and the Parks and Wildlife Department had done a good job through, as it always does, the people on the ground, the technical guidance biologists, the game wardens and others in, in working with landowners. But I believe we had lost that basic again, Leopoldian, Aldo Leopold philosophy of treating the land as a whole. Now, I always say that the, the, the water and the fish and the wildlife don't know where the property lines are. And we've got to exercise that land ethic, whether it's on public or private land, if we're really gonna be successful in conservation. So we had this discussion um, some of it was controversial, as Andy points out. The, the political atmosphere was, was uh, uh, difficult at times. But when we focused on the land, again, back to Leopold, uh, in his essay, Thinking Like a Mountain, uh, when we looked at it from the standpoint of the land, it was clear to all of us that we needed to treat these conservation challenges uh, collaboratively and uh, from the standpoint of what was best for the resource. So the only thing I guess I'd say differently than what Andy pointed out or Justin is that that group in the Private Lands Advisory Board uh, that I chaired really was not interested so much in recognition and patting people on the back uh, as they were in really promoting on the ground conservation. And as, as, um, as was pointed out, uh, 
It has resulted in uh, managed lands uh, and wildlife management plans uh, on private land uh, on millions and millions of acres that really provide that connective tissue, that ecological hole between the public uh, and the private. You know, Joseph, we, we had a conversation, um, I guess last week before we recorded this, and you said something in that conversation that really intrigued me. You talked about how a lot of the conversation was about learning and sharing information. You wanna go into a little detail on that? Yes, Lydia, I, one thing about the, the Project Lands Advisory Board and so many uh, conservation-minded Texas landowners is they're insatiably curious. And uh, their, their curiosity uh, for, the, for the natural world is such that they, they want to see what others are doing and uh, if it's working. And, um, you know, again, well, we keep going back to Leopold, but it, that was that active management is the key to uh, real progress in, in conservation. So, yeah, we would... <laughs> We would have some pretty long meetings uh, at the Private Lands Advisory Board. I joked that Plab became Blab a few times, uh, but <laughs> but um, it, it was always it was always because of this insatiable curiosity uh, that that the members had in sharing uh, observations or stories or or practices. So. Yeah, and so many, so many landowners. So go ahead. I'm sorry, interrupted. Oh, I was just going to say, Joseph, I've had the opportunity to go back through some of those original meeting minutes, and um, it, that is, um, it's obvious from some of those discussions that they were long meetings, lots of very interesting ideas that y'all were able to filter out, um, really the the golden nuggets and uh, start a really cool program. So. <laughs> um, congrats on the patients too, working through those long meetings and uh, all the ideas that got thrown out. Well, when you think about all the landowners over the years who've been honored, who, who share all that information. And one that comes to mind, of course, is our friend, David Bamberger, who over the years has shared information about conservation and management with literally tens of thousands of people. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, so, so Carter, this program really has evolved into a signature effort in an annual event, uh, well, usually annual, we'll get, we'll get into that a little more here in a little bit for the department. Um, what are your thoughts on how the program has evolved and why it's important for Texas? Well, it, it's become the hottest ticket in town for anybody interested in conservation um, out there across Texas. And, you know, certainly at the flagship event for Parks and Wildlife and our core partners, the, the Parks and Wildlife Foundation and, of course, the Sand County Foundation, two entities that share and espouse, as Joseph so eloquently said, these kind of Leopoldian values and commitment to stewardship and particularly private land stewardship. And so it's it's evolved into a very celebratory affair. And, and there's a good reason for that, because at its core are the landowners themselves. And People just come from all over to um, have a chance to, you know, hear their stories and history and heritage and trials and tribulations and their, you know, work and stewardship through the good times and the bad times and, you know, the ultimate outcomes of all the blood, sweat and proverbial tears, you know, which are the enhanced lands and waters and fish and wildlife and watersheds and air quality and habitat for game and non-game and rare and imperiled species, you know, things that benefit 
all of us inside and outside the, the, the fence lines. And so, you know, I would say that, that over the years, um, you know, the human element of this has become just as important as the natural one. And, um, you know, Joseph commented, I think rightfully so on, you know, the fact that, um, this award has always been about, you know, the, the, the product of these extraordinary efforts, uh, these extraordinary families, um, you know, which again is this stewardship um, of these resources that we all care deeply about and are otherwise known as our, our home ground. And like Justin, I love the fact, though, that the, the underpinnings, the core tenets of um, this whole award um, have never wavered. Um, throughout its 25 years. And, you know, that's the, the, the embracing and the criticality of private land stewardship, which is every bit as important um, today as it was 25 years ago and will be 25 years from now. If we're going to get conservation done in any kind of a meaningful way across Texas, it's going to be in partnership and collaboration with private landowners. And so this event is, is really a, a reflection and emblematic of the, the importance of that to Texas. So Justin, you, you, you're third in the line of, I'm going to say illustrious, wildlife biologists who've been involved in the program since its inception. Uh, Kirby Brown was the first and Linda Campbell followed him and now you. Um, what are your observations about how the program has grown and changed over the years? Yeah, so um, I've had the good fortune to work with Kirby and Linda in, in this position and previous positions and, um, uh, you know, they did a fantastic job and set the bar very high in their management of the of the awards program. Um, I also had the good fortune to attend a handful of events of Lone Star Land Steward Award banquets um, when Linda was managing the process and was always very impressed going to those banquets and just the energy um, amongst attendees. Um, you know, as a you know, as a young wildlife biologist going in there, your, your batteries get recharged every time you go and you hear these stories. And it's a, it's a great reset for all of us in the conservation community to, to hear all those, those really, uh, you know, inspiring stories. And it makes you remember why you're doing what you're doing. And so I feel like that's always, that's always been there as long as I've been going to them. Um, you know, I think we probably have um, more people that attend um, than we probably ever have. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, really sets this program apart is our, our in-house media productions team here at Parks and Wildlife that is able to um, capture these stories on videos and really tell the stories of those properties of the families. Um, and I feel like that the quality of those videos just continues to get better and better each year as technology changes. And um, so that's, you know, in my mind, that's one of the big things is, is the way that we're able to, to tell the story better and better through the use of these videos. And um, so, yeah, I, 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 am, I am excited that, that, the, um, that, our, that our mission and the messages have stayed the same through the years. And we're just using these new technologies to, to just make them better and better. Well, and spreading the word is so important. I can remember at the beginning of this, and I remember, remember conversations with you, Andy, about you know a, a big important piece of this was spreading the message across Texas and getting the word out about the role that private landowners play in conservation in Texas. And so many people, you know, especially uh, people who live in the cities, newcomers to Texas, they don't really understand that. And I. I know uh, I appreciate the, the shout out to the media productions crew and just getting that word out. I can remember when we started, 
remember front page stories on the Houston Chronicle, the San Antonio Express News, the Austin American Statesman of the incredible work being done on private land. And it's great to seeing that, see that effort um, continuing. Um, so, so Andy, you're at an interesting stage of your life. Um, I'm not calling you old, <laughs> but you are at an interesting stage of your life when you are no doubt reflecting on the many conservation efforts that you've had a hand in. I don't think any of us dreamt that the program would grow and evolve as it has. What are, what are your observations? Well, you know, looking back on it, I couldn't be prouder of the, of the people of Parks and Wildlife in terms of the transformation that has taken place in terms of the relationship of the people of Parks and Wildlife and private landowners across the state, the understanding across the state of the role that private landowners play in water quality and aquifer recharge and wildlife habitat. I should add that during that same period, the fourth leg of that stool was the department's uh, widespread endorsement of conservation easements on private lands, which were suspicious, you know, at the beginning of the, of the 1990s. And today they're, thanks to people like Blair Fitzsimmons and others, there are millions of acres of private lands in Texas that are permanently protected. But as you said, the real challenge is that as our state continues to grow, to shift demographically, to become increasingly urban, the challenge for us in making sure that urban citizens understand the benefits that they get from private lands stewardship is more important than it was when this program began, just simply because of the demographic shift that's taking place in our state. So Carter, you yeah, appreciate the, um, the mentioning of conservation easements. I wanna ask uh, Joseph about that a little bit in just a moment. Um, but Carter, I wanna go back to the Sound County um, Foundation and the partnership with the Sound County Foundation that we've referenced a couple of times during this podcast. Um, my understanding, as I recall, that that partnership started in 2004 and now we 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 honor uh, we we honor the top landowner kind of award is the Leopold Award that's bestowed each year. Um, why is that partnership with the Sand County Foundation important? And what can you tell us about this year's winner? Yeah, well, let me start with the first. Um, you know, with respect to the Sand County Foundation, you know, they're one of the great keepers of the flame of the culture and traditions and practices and values of private land stewardship. I mean, that's the whole reason for their existence. And every year they honor um, an individual landowner or a, a family of, of, of landowners with their Leopold Award in around 15 to 20 states across the, the U.S. And it's the, the highest honor really that can be bestowed upon a landowner for um, their commitment to the values of private land stewardship. So it's a very, very rarefied group of landowners that are honored with this. And so, you know, we're exceedingly proud to be their partner in Texas. And again, the highest honor that we can bestow upon a landowner for their, you know, longstanding commitment and values and practices um, related to, to stewardship. You know, Clayton Wolf with our team here loves to call the Lone Star Land Steward Awards, you know, our version of the Academy Awards for private land stewardship. And, you know, Parks and Wildlife doesn't do red carpets. Um, <laughs> um, land stewardship and, and Lone Star Land Steward Awards 
pretty well, um, but we couldn't have a better partner than the than the Sam County Foundation. And the Leopold Award, again, is, is, is the most coveted award um, for stewardship across the state. And um, I better be careful, Lydia, about what I say about this year's honoree because uh, I, I, this I, call. I will say, Carter, I will say that this this podcast will not be uh, published until after the announcement is made. So go ahead and share it with us. Yeah, well, we couldn't be more thrilled um, that Joseph Fitzsimmons um, and his sister, Sam Howard, and their families um, with the San Pedro Ranch are this year's um, Leopold Awardee. And I couldn't think of a more fitting awardee for the 25th anniversary um, of this award, you know. And, and of course, Joseph obviously has forgotten more about his own ranch than I'll ever know. But, um, you know, when you Think about it, looking in from the from the outside with this multi-generational ownership and, you know, weathering through the good times and the bad, keeping it in the family. They've just been incredible innovators and entrepreneurs and exercised, um, you know, a remarkable balance with their, you know, livestock production and commitment to wildlife management practices and um, range restoration and have exercised that in all kinds of unique habitats and soil types and range types across their you know ranch in, in south texas it's just a, a wonderful wonderful um example of the importance of um private land stewardship and the value of this award and so we're, we're excited about um the fitzsimmons family and the howard family and the whole team there at the san pedro um for their their extraordinary work down there and and um and so joseph congratulations Congratulations, Joseph. Yeah, a little a little bird named Justin whispered in my ear before I uh, scheduled <laughs> the guest for this podcast. So, Joseph, this this really is a full circle deal for you. What does it mean to you and your family first to be honored with a Lone Star Land Steward Award in 2016 and this year with the Leopold Award? Well, thank you, Lydia. It, well, it's a great honor. Um, I guess the greatest honor is to be, you know, recognized by people uh, who you respect and admire. And there's really no group we respect or admire more than, than the Sand County Foundation, Parks and Wildlife Department, and of course, Parks and Wildlife Foundation. It's um, that, 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 that sums it up for me. But, um, you know, two other things that were brought up that I think are important. Um, that the role of conservation easements, as Andy said, has really changed dramatically in the past 25 years. And um, of course, uh, my bride, Blair Fitzsimmons, did an amazing job building the Texas Ag Land Trust, but it wasn't just building uh, tall, the Texas Agricultural Land Trust to be the largest um, land trust in the state by acreage conserved but it's the 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 rising tide uh for for all the boats in conservation whether you have a conservation easement or not or if it's for a different land trust i think it's it's really changed the landscape um and understanding of the role of private lands you know for too long and and i i say this about my fellow private landowners i think we got a little we got a little sensitive there for a while and I think we're getting over it. And I think there was a little bit, maybe too much of the uh, uh, emphasis on, on uh, patting ourselves on the back. 
And um, we need to go back and read the entire quote from Aldo Leopold um, that conservation will ultimately boil down to rewarding the private landowner who conserves the public interest. For too long, I think we just concentrated on the first part of that sentence um, and not whole the public interest. And here we are, well, he, he wrote that in, I believe, 1948. And so here we are uh, 72 years later, finally talking seriously about ecosystem services and carbon credits and things that really do unite uh, ecology and economy. Um, so, uh, maybe that's too long an answer for you, but it, it for me it's a it's a it's, as you say it's been a for me it's been a a, a a big circle. I started out as an intern with Parks and Wildlife when I was seventeen, and um, here forty five years later, um, it it's it still inspires me. That's awesome. So, Joseph, you mentioned the conservation easements and the Texas Ag Land Trust, um, and you, you actually have an easement on your land now. Can you talk a little bit about why you made the decision to do that? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, my, my sister, uh, who is um, an incredible conservationist and a, and a practitioner uh, in, in her own right, uh, very involved with the Botanical Center and she, she really pays attention to the details. Um, she and I just had been through a forced partition of a portion of the ranch about 20 plus years ago. And we just looked at each other and said, never again. And, and, and the reason is simply this, a conservation easement gives the land a seat at the table. And in any future decision, land transaction, whatever may come in the future, a perpetual conservation easement makes sure that the conservation values of that land will be represented. So that's why we did. That sums it up for sure. And I, so I, go ahead, Andy. Well, I, I couldn't have said that any better. And I, I think it's important to remember that with all of the success that we've experienced together over the past quarter century, the single greatest terrestrial environmental issue that we continue to face in Texas is the continued breakup of family land. Texas loses agricultural land faster than any other state. And so these uh, strategies become more and more important as the landscape comes apart before our eyes. And thank goodness for people like the Fitzsimmons, institutions like the Foundation and TALK who are leading the effort to, to protect it. Because uh, if, if we lose the landscape, then we lose, we lose basically our identity and our, and our environmental health. And it's gone forever. When it's gone, it's gone. Carter, do you want to chime in on that? Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, what's at stake? It's our home ground. And I love what Joseph said about, 
you know, easements, given land a seat at the table. Um, and, you know, it really is remarkable to think about how far we have come um, with respect to our, you know, collective conversations and interactions with landowners across the state about the subject of conservation easements, which, you know, as Andy and Joseph both said, um, you know, back when the Lone Star Land Steward Awards was conceived, you know, easements, you know, if not exactly a four-letter word, were, were treated as a four-letter word in many circles and by many friends of ours. And um, we really have come so far um, since those days and the Golden Cheek Wars and, you know, these other issues that we've touched upon today is, you know, we come together to talk about, you know, what are reasonable and responsible options um, for supporting our landowners and their families to keep these family lands intact for future generations. And um, the benefits that flow out of those are ones that affect all of us, irrespective of where we are, where we live, or um, where we come from in our state. And I think that just, again, speaks to the um, importance of um, these awards and the opportunity to be able to hold up and lift up and celebrate the extraordinary stewardship of the men and women and families who every day toil the earth and take care of the rangelands um, to produce the, the things that the rest of us care so much about. And so we're uh, deeply grateful to be a part of it. Thank you, Carter. Uh, I'll wrap this up and uh, with, a, with a question for Justin. Of course, this past year has been really difficult with events being canceled right and left, including the 2020 Lone Star Land Steward event. Um, I know we're all still in pivot mode. And what's the plan for this year, Justin? Sure. They, um, you know, as you said, 2020 was tough on everybody. And um, it was a no brainer given restrictions that that event had to be canceled. Um, never in a million years thought we'd be having the same discussions as far as what we were going to do in 2021, but, but there we were. Um, and so we ultimately made the decision after lots of conversations with awardees and potential um, attendees and um, hotels and all these kind of things that, that a virtual event in 2021 was the best way forward. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a it was a tough pill to swallow for a lot of us, um, being that we're just so comfortable with what we've uh, gotten used to over the last 25 years. But, um, at, you know, the decision had to be made and, and we're excited about some of the things that it will um, provide us. And, and I think the most exciting one is the ability to get these messages and these stories in front of more eyes than we ever have. And so we're going to live stream um, the Lone Star Land Steward Awards on May the 27th. Um, Carter will MC here from Parks and Wildlife Headquarters at six o'clock, and um, it will, the agenda will look very much like a normal Lone Star Land Steward Awards event um, with uh, ranch intros, the high quality videos that everybody's used to, um, an acceptance speech from, from each one of the landowners, we can hear from them personally, and the opportunity to uh, for attendees to chime in and congratulate um, their friends um, via the chat function. Um, again, it will, it will feel different um, than what we're all used to, but we, we are excited about being able to get these, get these stories out to um, people that have never had the opportunity to see a Lone Star Land Steward Award event, and, and we're excited about that opportunity. That is definitely the silver lining there, that a lot more people will be able to be involved. Um, and I know the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation um, really, really appreciates the opportunity to be able to support 
um, this signature event and program. And hopefully we'll all be in the same room <laughs> next year. We'll see. Um, thank you all so much for taking the time to be with me this morning. Joseph, congratulations to you and your family. Um, and again, thanks. Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, We Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit, and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at wewillnotbetamed.org.